Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It is Saturday, May 13th, 2017. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for jumping in. Uh, we're going to be talking some basketball today. So, playoff basketball, it's here. It's upon us. And I think for the first, probably... Of this entire playoff series, we really had our first magic moment. This magic moment when your lips are close to mine will last forever. Okay, um, John Wall's go-ahead three-pointer to force Game 7 in the Celtics-Wizards series. All right, set the stage. Game 6, it's in Washington. None of the road teams have won any of the games in this series, okay? Celtics are up 3-2. It's an elimination game. Um, pretty much you're looking at a tie game. About 17 seconds left in the game. Al Horford and uh, Isaiah Thomas. Brad Stevens draws up a great play coming out of the timeout. They end up setting the... Uh, the uh, Horford sets the screen... Thomas goes around him, brings both defenders, kicks it out to Horford, hits the open jumper. They go up by two. Then, the other end of the court, the Wizards get the ball. They've got about seven seconds or seven seconds left on the shot clock, something or uh, in the game, something like that. They try to get it to Bradley Beal. The Celtics box out. They're only able to get it to John Wall, and he just, I mean, he just steps back and takes a contested three pointer and nails it. I mean, nails it. And voila, they go up by one point. Celtics are unable to close the game. Wizards win by one point, force a game seven in Boston this Sunday. So um, it was a nitty-gritty game. I mean, this was, uh, and like I said, first time we've had some real magic. John Wall's, uh, you know, go-ahead three-pointer was the magic moment. And uh, the Wizards fought for it. This was a gritty game. The final score was 92-91 for a series where... Many of the wins have been 20-point blowouts. You know, it was pretty gritty. It was kind of 90s, very physical, a um, lot of foul shooting. Um, you know, nobody was really giving an inch on either end of the court. Bradley, you know, John Wall had the magic moment at the end, but Bradley Beal was the one who stepped up. And I kind of think much of this series, you know, the Wizards' success can be measured by Bradley Beal's success because Wall is good just about every single night. Um, you know, when you keep putting Isaiah Thomas on him to guard him, Wall is going to be—he's going to be able to be dangerous no matter how you slice it. Um, Bradley Beal is the guy. You know, he'll have a game where last night he had 33 points. He was the leading scorer over John Wall. But then you'll have a night where Bradley Beal might have 15 points or might have 13 points, and Wall will still put up good numbers. But Bradley Beal's sort of—you uh, know—his when he's missing. That's when the Wizards kind of lose that opportunity to to get pushed over the edge and actually win. Um, you're definitely seeing a you know more more play time. You know Ubre and Otto Porter are kind of showing their worth. They're definitely you know exp you know utilizing and showing how valuable they are to this mix because when you had Ubre out for that game when he was suspended, they missed him. They did miss him. I think they were able to still pull out the win, but they did miss him. Um, but we got to talk about this Celtics team. So the thing that was that stuck out with me the most over the last couple of games has been Avery Bradley. So games six and five, Avery Bradley was a monster, absolutely explosive. I think Avery Bradley's scoring in game five was the major reason why they won that game. 
Um, and then you saw Avery Bradley's scoring come up again in this most recent game where I think he and Isaiah Thomas both led the team in scoring with 27 points. Um, but it really begs the question, where does this offense come from? Because if Avery Bradley doesn't have a big game in Game 7, who's going to put up those additional numbers? Is it going to be Al Horford? Is it going to be, you know, Jalen Brown is super defense now. He's been getting in the game. He doesn't score at all. You know, Terry Rozier is, is that guy who's going to need to score a little bit more. I mean, Amir Johnson doesn't play an awful lot, but he, they are liking him in the starting lineup to then kind of have that Marcus Smart, that Kelly Olynyk come off of the bench. Um, but you're still, you know, I worry because now we got to talk about a game seven in Boston this Sunday. And, you know, the. Is Game 7 going to resemble what we saw in Game 6, where they didn't decide to run up and down the court and run up the score and not play defense, which has been one of the marquees of this series so far? They actually, you know, went half-court offense and, or half-court defense, and you started to see, like I said, a slow, grinded-out playoff game. Which one's going to come out in the Boston Garden? Um I mean, logic tells me that it's going to be the Celtics. It's going to be it's going to be another home win. Um, it, you know, as we've seen, you know, uh, I think it was Zach Lowe said, uh, Pat Riley says the playoff series doesn't start until a road team wins a game. Well, we haven't seen a road team win a game in this Celtics Wizards series so far. So, I mean, it, it's probably going to be the Celtics. I think <sighs> I'm going to put my money on the Celtics. I think they're going to pull out Game Seven, even if it's a blowout. Or if it's a close game, it could really be a close game. And I think part of that has to do with, you know, Washington getting into a rhythm. Uh, you know, Scott Brooks has has honestly realized, you know, he's got to have either Bradley Beal or John Wall on the court at, at a time. You can't have one of those guys on the bench at any moment throughout the game. You know, he's really squished his rotation. Um, you know, you're still seeing Brandon Jennings and Boban Barojnovic or Bogdanovic. I still can't figure out how the hell to say this guy's name. Um, I mean, you even saw Jason Smith. I mean, Mahinmi coming back and playing has been a, a real nice, uh, a real nice addition for the Wizards too. I mean, that's another kind of big guy, which you know forces some of the bigger guys for the Celtics to step up and actually try to play. You know, it just pressures more. It puts more pressure on Al Horford. Um, but I just, I think the way the home crowd's been working. The way this series has been flowing, I mean, this is going to be a big moment for Isaiah Thomas, and I think Isaiah Thomas is ready for this big moment, and I think he's going to take it and he's going to seize it. So I'm thinking the Celtics are going to pick up Game 7, and they will advance to face the Cavaliers. Um, let's just jump right into that. Let's finish off the Eastern Conference. So the Cavaliers swept the Raptors. I can't recall if that was the case last week when I recorded this podcast, um, but they did. They swept them in four games. I think the reality is that people are thinking... People were certainly thinking the Raptors were going to give more of a challenge to the Cavaliers than they actually did. Um, but the Cavaliers now, I mean, they're going on like six, seven days rest. A team like that, older veterans, uh, you know, the more rest they have, the more dangerous they're going to be. I know there's some people talking about how they might have rust. How are they going to get by with not having practiced that long, not having, you know, played a game that long? That doesn't fucking matter, okay? LeBron James is going to know how to turn the switch on. The rest of the team, you know what? 
they got a pretty good handle on knowing how to turn the switch on. Whether the Cavaliers are going to have to face the Celtics or the Wizards, both of those teams are not... I don't think either of those teams scare LeBron James and the Cavaliers. I think the Cavaliers are well-positioned to compete against either one of them. Doesn't matter if they go on the road. I mean, the positive is... is, is is if it is the Wizards, the Cavaliers have home court. But if it's the Celtics, the Cavaliers are actually going to have to go to Boston. I don't really think that matters. I mean, I truly think if it's Boston and Cleveland, I mean, I think five games. I really do. I, I think that maybe maybe Boston can steal one of their home games, but I do think that the Cleveland is going to steal home court in those first two games, and then I think they're going to roll Boston in games three and four, and then I think it's going to be a closeout game. I mean, I really, I struggle to see how the the Celtics are really going to give any trouble to the Cavaliers. I mean, this is a, co- a collision course for the Cavaliers or the Warriors. That's the truth of the matter. Let's be honest here. That is what is happening. Collision course between the Cavaliers and the Warriors for a third straight season. And neither the Celtics or the Wizards are going to stop them. I mean, I think if it's the Wizards, the Cavaliers are going to have an easier time. They've got less of a rotation. They've got no defense. And, you know, that's a team, they're going to get steamrolled by the Cavaliers if that's what ends up happening. So if it's the Wizards... I think it'll be a five-game series. If it's the Celtics, I think it'll be a five-game series. i got to at least give some credit to them. They are getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they're playing a team like this Cavaliers team, and as old as the Cavaliers are, knock on wood, the only thing that can stop that team is injury at this point. All right, let's flip the script to the Western Conference. So Golden State Warriors, just like the Cavaliers, are 8-0 so far in the playoffs. They swept the Utah Jazz in four games. I mean, Utah put up a good show, but... I mean, this is the Golden State Warriors. They're, they're one of the best teams in the league, and then they added Kevin Durant. So it's hard for me to see them. Right now, it's hard to see anybody giving them a run for their money. The San Antonio Spurs finished off the Houston Rockets in six games. Oh, that was a heck of a series. So let's, let's talk about that real quick, just because I don't think I need to dwell too much on the Warriors um, and the Utah Jazz. I mean, Gobert and, and Hayward did what they could do. Um, George Hill being out really hurt that team. Um, uh, you know, Joe Johnson and Boris Diaw, these guys, there was only so much they could do, and the Warriors just crushed them. I mean, the Warriors, Draymond Green crushed them. The rotations that's been going on, going from Steph Curry and Kevin Durant to the B team of Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, I mean, just killing the Utah Jazz. And then their big men had a field day. Zaza Pachulia, JaVale McGee, David West. I mean, this rotation is set and it's working well. Those guys know their jobs. They're getting open looks and they're really killing them. So anyway, don't need to dwell too much. Jazz had a great season. I think they really overachieved. I think they they put out a good show, but uh, the Warriors not to be stopped. So the Spurs beating the Rockets in six. Now, this series was... Littered with excitement from the very from game one, where the Houston Rockets annihilated the Spurs by 30 points, and everybody was like, "Geez, we really we really underestimated uh, Houston." Um, James Harden, these guys, they're really going to give San Antonio a run for their money. Turns out, my initial prediction of the Spurs in, in six games was accurate. What you ended up seeing was the Spurs came back in game two. They played a sensible game two, slowed the game down. They took the victory. Um, 
Game three was much closer in uh, in Houston. Um, Tony Parker going down in game two was was really, really painful. But then, you know, you saw Kawhi Leonard, you saw LaMarcus Aldridge step up. LaMarcus Aldridge started to finally have some good games and really start to make a difference. And Tony Parker's replacements, they, they didn't, I mean, I don't want to say they didn't miss a beat, but I mean, they did a pretty solid job at filling in the void that Tony Parker left. Patty Mills, Jonathan Simmons, really Jonathan Simmons played some great basketball. And then the other guys, DeJounte Murray, Kyle Anderson, I mean, I'm going to bring them up again when I talk game six. These guys really brought it in uh, and really made a difference when you had that game three when Parker was first missing. Then game four, you know, <clears throat> James Harden goes crazy. Um, a couple of the Spurs guys disappear. They end up taking game four. Now it's 2-2 going back to San Antonio. Game five was when it really turned. That was when, okay... It was a close game. In the late third quarter, Kawhi Leonard rolls an ankle. He comes back into the game. He tries to play, but he ends up sitting out most of the fourth quarter and overtime. This game goes to overtime, and two things happen. Danny Green and Manu Ginobili turned into superstars in Game 5. They took over the fourth quarter. Danny Green hit some huge three-pointers. Manu Ginobili hit a couple of huge buckets. They forced overtime. Danny Green and Ginobili take over in overtime because Kawhi Leonard is hurt. He doesn't play in overtime at this point. Pau Gasol, uh, Manu Ginobili, I mean, these guys, uh, they were the difference makers. And they end up taking Game 5. Then Game 6 in, in Houston... I mean, just embarrassing. They went in. They went out without a with a whimper. Uh, I mean, Houston, James Harden. They were annihilated. I think he had ten total points on the night. Um, Kawhi Leonard did not play. I mean, Kawhi Leonard did not play in Game Six, and the Spurs still stomped on the Houston Rockets. I mean, beat them by well, I think it was thirty nine points. Just annihilated them. And Kyle Anderson, Jonathan Simmons, DeJounte Murray, Patty Mills, those four guys in the backcourt, I mean, they're going to need to continue to shoulder this burden that Tony Parker left for them because they did it beautifully in Game 6 against the Rockets, and they pretty much made the Rockets look like fools. And then you combine that with LaMarcus Aldridge having a monster game. He finally showed up and had a big, bad, in-your-face monster game. But... Now the Spurs advance, and we're finally, 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 it took a year for us to get this Western Conference Finals between the Warriors and the Spurs. We wanted it last year, and we didn't get it when the Spurs lost in round two to the Thunder. Now we're finally getting it, but I kind of feel like it's a little ruined. Last year's Clash of the Titans between the Warriors and the Spurs in the Western Conference Finals would have been epic. This year, I don't know about it, man. The Warriors are so damn good, um, and the Spurs... You know, you're going to be, I think Kawhi Leonard is going to play tomorrow. Game one is Sunday afternoon tomorrow on ABC, 3.30 Eastern time. Kawhi Leonard is certainly going to play. He's not going to be 100%. Plus, you're still missing Tony Parker, and you're going up against a rested Golden State Warriors team, a team that has not played in about six or seven days, even though this is the San Antonio Spurs, even though Greg Popovich is going to come in and do everything he does. I don't like it. I just don't like it. I think this. I think the Warriors are going to shoot their lights out. I don't know who is going to guard Kevin Durant. You know, is it going to be Aldridge? Is it going to be Pau Gasol? Um, you know, are we going to have to see David Lee on him? I don't think David Lee can contain him. Um, and then when we talk about the backcourt, like, are are you going to have Danny Green all over Clay Thompson? Is he is he going to be all over Steph Curry? Um, 
How many minutes are you going to demand Manu Ginobili play? And can he play that volume of minutes? Um, you know, everything is is just spooking me here. Is Are we going to throw Dwayne Dedman at Draymond Green? Like, is that where we're going? I, you see what I'm saying? Like, I can't see the matchups working out for San Antonio. I see the matchups working out for Golden State, and Golden State shooting the lights out of this Spurs team. And even when it's close, they can turn it into an isolation game with Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. And those guys can kill the Spurs. Even with the rotating defenses, they're just not good at this. They're not as good at this as the Warriors are. And... Kawhi Leonard, if if they if the Spurs have any shot at beating this Warriors team or taking a game or two, because there's still a real chance the Warriors could sweep this t- this series. I mean, I I think that it's going to be the Warriors in six. I think San Antonio is a team that has the capability to steal a game from this Golden State team because it's going to take a lot of coaching. It's not going to take talent. Uh, it's going to take strategy and coaching. And it's going to take some, you know, finesse. There's going to need to be finesse in some of these rotations. There's going to need to be some real trickery going on with the substitutions. I mean, this is something where <laughs> Popovich is going to have to do some fancy footwork with his rotations and how he makes these guys fit in. Because Kawhi Leonard not being at 100%, that's going to be put on show. That's going to be on in the spotlight. If he is not 100% and he's not able to punish you know, Draymond Green and Kevin Durant and Zaza Pachulia and whoever else they have uh, in the post to deal with him, then, I mean, then this series is going to be over fast. Even even with Kawhi at 100%, I'm still predicting the Warriors to win this series. I think they'll take it in six. I do think San Antonio has the capability to steal two games, but not, they can't take this series. Warriors go into the finals. Um... Yeah, and that's my predictions. That's where I'm going. I, again, we're getting to the end of the playoff run. There's less for me to talk about. Um, I, uh, I'm i pulling for the Boston Celtics. I think they're going to win Game 7 on Monday. Um, I think the Warriors are going to beat the Spurs. And I think even, whether it's the, uh, the Celtics or the Wizards, the Cavaliers are going to take both of them. And then soon enough, I'll be back and I'll be talking about the Cavaliers and the Warriors in the finals. Knock on wood, don't want to jinx them. Listen, I don't know if anybody's really going to think I'm jinxing anything. That's my prediction. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, Anyway, that's all I got. So, uh, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for talking some NBA with me. As always, subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, Sam Sports Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. I also want to say thank you again to Don Kinian for our Sam Sports Podcast theme music. I'm really enjoying it, Don. Um, And uh, if you have any questions or uh, things you want me to mention on the podcast, you can always email me at samsportsstation at gmail.com, S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for listening. Enjoy, uh, Enjoy your day off of NBA playoff basketball, but I should be back real soon to talk a more NBA Finals as it, as we get closer to that. And, of course, talk off-season uh, NFL uh, drafts and whatnot. Got plenty to talk about with the NFL draft and what I think's going down. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy your sports. Thanks for listening. We will talk soon. Bye-bye.